No. All right, no. But it's all in there. That's why you honestly always pay for the Patreon. Yeah. Go to the Patreon. Go somewhere. Um, her and her um channel. Subscribe, like, slam that subscribe button. Anyway, okay, yeah, no, so this is not live on air, but we are alive. alive. <laughs> Warm-blooded. Yeah, so we're just two alive women um, here to talk about some issues. I'm Katya. I'm a queer nightlife producer in Portland who is also non-binary, and I hate shredded lettuce, like, with a passion. I even just thinking about it now makes me a little upset. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> we'll unpock that later. Uh, what did lettuce do to her? I'm Christopher. I'm a double-jointed DJ. I always have a headache. That's why you're so good. I'm stoned, yeah. And I'm stoned. I guess, yeah, I am stoned too, but I don't feel like doing drugs makes me cool, Chris. I don't need to talk about it. <laughs> okay, wait, should I think of a different third topic? No, yeah. I think you're doing great. Right, no, there's no it. rules here. Um, well, this is going to be a fun podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're just a herd of horses, girls, queens, DJs, and other Portland, you know, movers and shakers um, here to discuss everything with nuance, flair, and humor. And today's topic is... I can't wait to get... We're going to get, like, actual horse hoof. I need to just figure a horse hoof sound. No, like, someone did it the other day. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so that... Yeah. No... No, okay. <laughs> Obviously, okay, this is mental health. Yikes, I feel like now after just doing that. <laughs> um, so talk to a doctor, by the way. <laughs> yeah. We are, what is the opposite of a professional? <laughs> we are not mental health professionals, but I would say, I honestly would say that we're mental health advocates. We deal with situations all the time where we have to be like, I don't know, just, like, really understanding of, like, I don't know, just so many artists and people who work in nightlife are people who struggle with mental health. Period. Very much. And then we're yeah. also doing drugs and, like, having too much fun. <laughs> it's, like, on top of that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but I feel like I'm just trying to think right now of somebody I know who isn't mentally <laughs> ill. And I just am, like, drawing Well, and also, completely. And they're all, and I guess, honestly, at this point, I do, A, agree with you. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, that a most people have mental health issues, and everyone who does is more fun. And we gravitate towards each other. We do because it's really hard to keep up like a relationship with somebody else who isn't mentally ill. Because you know, like I feel like they're not gonna understand when it's like I can't hang out five minutes before we're supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> or like, do you want to hang out at one thirty in the morning just to drive around? Yeah. <laughs> I I think and also too there's sort of there's a disconnect with like our daily whatever's like struggles interests and because speak there's a you know there's we have to sometimes praise ourselves for doing like the small things getting up showering talking to people and like some people that's just not their situation which sometimes I actually do vibe with people who don't have mental health issues because they're like so much less work <laughs> very true yeah <laughs> they just want to hang out have a good time. Go to job. Go to go to job. <laughs> go, go job. They're gonna job. Go so job. They go. They're gonna job real oh, hard. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we're gonna today. We're gonna be talking about mental health, kind of its implications in. I think specifically, I think talking about the last year is great because I think I think we've all. Every, I mean, honestly, every single person's had mental health issues in the last year. What's been going on in the last year? <laughs> 
<laughs> You're like, wait, what? I thought I was just doing poorly. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is? Somebody fill me in. Oh, my right God. There. Okay, well, yeah, the the world has this shared trauma now, and uh, everyone's kind of like, oh, I kind of get that you could be really sad for no reason. Right. And not have it in your control. Do you feel like the pandemic has kind of taken away from the authenticity <laughs> of your <laughs> Of your mental illness. Now you can't give me mental illness. <laughs> You're like, oh, everyone else is mentally ill now. Okay, cool. That was my thing. You've been mentally ill for like since you were like a baby. My parents are mentally ill. <laughs> I, I've always been mentally ill. You're very passionate about it. You could, you could never be this kind of mentally ill. <laughs> it's a tradition. Yeah. Uh, um. But seriously. <laughs> I think it's important to, to understand that, yes, people have long been dealing with issues and that can be frustrating to now that everyone's like, oh, I take like, because there's a spectrum of it. Like, I think some people do need to understand there is a difference between being, dep- you know, depressed in one circumstance and over like depression. Does that like make sense? Yeah. And like, it's not about like gatekeeping, whether that's like still a mental health issue. It's just like respecting the fact that some people have like. Very, very serious mental health issues. Clinical, yeah. So we're definitely going to get into that. I'm excited to kind of start the ball rolling by just asking what you consider to be (laughs) mental health. I mean, God. I think, like, mental health to me is the ability to function in your daily life. Um... I, I don't know. Is it that simple? Is what mental health? I think you do have to kind of keep the definition simple, at least in the my ability, own head. Because yeah, I, I make it, if I make it too complicated, then all of a sudden it's I don't have it and it's not attainable. The ability to function through your daily life, maintain healthy relationships, and um, just in general, I guess have your shit together. That's like how I. Which I guess might be offensive that I just. Well, I think I think honestly, I was listening to Food for Thought earlier today, which is like this podcast of four queer individuals who live in New York and LA, and they were just talking about like the goalposts and benchmarks. I don't even know if I did those right sports metaphors, but having those different things that are like connected with having your shit together, house, kids, bro, like all those sort of things is like kind of capitalism. Yeah. And it's interesting to just like look at the perspective of mental health because mental health is for me at least I think it's a little bit connected with like contentness. Yeah, like the ability to look at your life and be like, I like this. And it's not yeah. about like having a happiness or even like you know, or in the same breath, like not not having sadness. If that makes sense, like you know, some people are very dedicated, like positive vibes only, bro. Like I don't think those people necessarily have a great sense of mental health. Usually, honestly, sometimes people who are like good vibes only tend to be the scariest folks in I, terms of mental health. Maybe uh, mental health is like having the emotional wherewithal, okay, to process the the feelings that you yes. are going to feel no matter well whether you are. Not mentally ill. Yeah. Yeah. It's, or, you know, and being I think, able to sift through that. Yeah, okay, I love that you said that. My mind is reeling, because I think that really is kind of the nail on the head. We are never going to attain any sort of, like, perfect balances. And even if we do, you know, I've had moments in my life where I'm like, oh, my God, my mental health is so good. And then something outside of me happens. Yeah. I'm like, well, fuck. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, I remember I, when I was like, I'm doing so well. Like, about a year and a half ago, my car was full of LaCroix. Like, <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> there are indications to the contrary. Like, I opened my door and it's just like cans everywhere. Like, I'm doing wonderfully. <laughs> and, I, and I was living in my own filth. <laughs> 
<laughs> in my hobbit hole of an apartment and was also like, I am the best I've ever met. But because in other ways, it's all subjective, right? it is very subjective. And I do think, and we're going to talk about addiction a little bit too, because I think that your relationship with your exterior plays so much into your mental health, even though it is like, obviously like it's a metaphysical thing that kind of is weirdly, yeah, it's little chemicals in your brain. I think that's actually... Oh, that was something I was going to say. Is like So there's our kind of personal definitions of mental health. And I also think it's important to recognize that mental health is neither good or bad technically. It's like, it's just a fact. It's like, it's just chemicals in your brain. Mm. And like, reversing it down and boiling it down to being something that simple was important for me to like, destigmatize it. And not feel like it's not anything... I can't control it. Like sometimes like, I can't... I should say I can't control it. It's so there's so many elements of mental health that are out of your control, which is an amazing thing in some regards. Because then it's like, right now your responsibility. To, to, yes, but then it is at the same. It's not your well. Okay, it's not your fault, but it, unfortunately, it is your responsibility. Well, That's I would how say, I feel, and I think that okay. So this plays into the next question: What did you do? And again, twenty twenty QUN not great yeah. for everyone, not great for a lot of people. But I think both of us, and I knew a lot of people who took some serious inventory of their mental health tools, Mm -hmm. their ability to keep up with life, like you said, and revamp them, did a lot of things. So what were some of the things in your toolbox that you were like, okay, it's not in my control. Obviously the world's going to fuckery, but. Well, I, you know, learned about meditation and that was really helpful. Honestly, there's like a lot of different meditations that I did. We love it. We just have a podcast. We're just like, just meditate. Well, okay. Honestly, the only (laughs) one that actually works for me is one that I learned how to do, which is just how to stop your brain from being fucking annoying. And it's just like, basically you like lay completely stiff and like all your muscles stiff. And then starting at the top of your body, you slowly. Oh my God. release them because there's so many things that you're doing all the time like hunching your shoulders clenching your jaw things that you that like build up you know like stress in your body and so it's kind of like taking that and flipping it and so that was like you know I did a lot of we did the the, meditation where you have to have your arms out like this and you breathe through your tongue like like (laughs) it was like some sort of like like eastern medicine stuff okay my arms (laughs) started hurting (laughs) Like, like, anyways, <laughs> expert meditator and woman in control of her body, Chris Hoagland. Um, <laughs> okay, sorry, yeah, <laughs> meditation was helpful. And I would say, um, both of us found solace in like exercise slash walking. Walking. So that because that is like when you say like because it is so much out of our control. It is just chemicals in your brain. However, there are some things that ride or die. We can know might help it can't hurt so no. exercise, exercise meditation drinking more water i don't know if it helps but it didn't hurt it right? didn't hurt yeah. Yeah. yeah actually honestly sometimes like in my head i'd be like wow i'm drinking so much water i'm such a good person I, i'm <laughs> everything's good you're like in a middle in a pile of rubble <laughs> smoking ten seconds. I'm, I'm, I'm just having a glass of water i'm a cigarette i smoke yeah <laughs> <laughs> Again, I love that one meme about the because I say eating right is also part of it, and like can't smoke when you're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> can't smoke when you're giving birth. <laughs> well, ah. I, you go to the Iron Range. I bet you somebody's got something to say about that. Like that Bob's Burger episode where she's like giving birth. Give me a whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, give a woman like is the baby gonna get 
fetal alcohol syndrome if the woman already on their way out they're on their way out (laughs) so anyway tangent 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 but like yeah eating right is obviously so like it is good for you it has been hijacked by capitalism the diet culture blah 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 Mm -hmm. but there is like a base level of being like okay this is just something like really easy i can do to like at least try to help the situation yeah okay so what was your mental health like in 2020 and before okay I mean, it's like, give us a tour of your mental health. <laughs> time. Um, I think so. Just like in 2020, I think my mental health was shit. I mean, I was I was so man. It was such. I mean, it was such a swing. It was like manic upswings, terrible doom and gloom, depression and anxiety. But thinking the yeah. world is gonna end. You know, yeah. it was a flare up for of like every mental illness struggle I've had in my life. But you know, I was like as a young child, like, my parents kind of, like, I never had a life where I wasn't aware that I had, that I was mentally ill. Like, you know, like... You've had worry for a long time. Yeah. Since I was, like, five. Like, I I was put on, I I was put on antidepressants, I think, at the first, at first, like, when I was six or seven. Maybe a little later. I don't remember. Megan? You can always phone Megan in. Megan would love to... Call my mom. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. What? Oh, no. Are we not recording? Well, okay. maybe we have that. Well, we have, this is the good, yeah. We got a lot going so on. start with uh, my mom. Um, <laughs> no, we're, we, I know for, your mom has even said, like, that there, it was a, it was a tool in their toolbox from an early age. Right, and I mean, so, if funny enough, like, some of the very first signs to my parents that I was maybe <clears throat> not completely... Is diver is neurodivergent used for mental illness or is it yeah I think okay. neurodiver I think they're very hand in hand okay neurodivergence I think is like more diagnosable things but like okay well <laughs> they my the first sign that to my parents that like maybe I needed some guidance or some medical intervention I guess <laughs> I don't know would be that I was literally terrified of pandemics when I was yeah. like five or six like I would hear on the news I was like I was really smart in all the wrong ways when I was a kid and I would hear about West Nile's disease which is like not affecting anyone in northern Minnesota at the time and I'm freaked out about it and I had heard that there was like the birds were carrying it and so I would like run away from the birds <laughs> and then I was afraid I was gonna, yes I, was, I always live for not bird hatred and then I saw like rent or something and I was totally afraid I was gonna get AIDS I was like seven like seven years old you know how's that gonna happen um, well, <laughs> I think you found a way. Oh my god, not, not molestation <laughs> jokes already. <laughs> ah, um, yeah, so I was afraid of, like, germs and diseases to the point where it was, like, irrational. And I yeah. would, and I think that was like, my, my, my parents' first inkling that maybe, like, oh, he should be on a cocktail, a rotating cocktail of antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications. Yeah. Um, so, Wait, can you speak a little on, like, what was it like as a child to, like, what do you remember from that process? Because, like, you must be, it's... The intake process of getting... Because you must be so unfamiliar, you're, you're a child, right? But it's obviously such an, it's, it's a, it's something that you're aware of. Right. My parents flew me to California, uh, and we went to a clinic called the Amen Clinic. I think it's in Southern California. Doctor's name is Daniel Amen. Or Amen, I don't know. Spelled like praying. Um, and the Daniel you're hooking up with? <laughs> it could be anyone. Yeah, it could anyone. be anyone, yeah. Uh, so, 
um, basically, I just remember like going and talking to like an old dude uh, and him asking me questions and then them putting me into like literally a cat, like a brain, like a, I think it was a MRI and having to sit still, which was so fucking hard for me because I was oh a nervous God. little kid. Yeah. My parents like were like, we want to take you out to this. And another thing is they have to give me a shot, which like when you, cause you, before you get an MRI, I guess they inject something that makes your yeah, brain glow, I, I, oh, yeah, which yeah. is fucking scary. Right. <laughs> But get the vaccine, guys. But um, oh my god! <laughs> but but basically, I Not remember having, No, I I'm so a vaxxer. Um, but uh, um, anyhow, I don't know. I just remember it being kind of strange and invasive feeling, and I remember always having different psychiatrists my whole life coming in and then changing my meds, and then. But really, I don't really know. I didn't feel I I got to the point where I felt like the meds weren't helping or that I never really had a chance to be an adult by myself without meds. And when I was about 17, I stopped them. Mm-hmm. Which don't ever do this. Like if you're on SSRIs, you have to taper down. Um otherwise it's so fucking un- uncomfortable. Yeah. And I remember I was in high school and nobody had told me. I was in boarding school at the time and nobody had told me about like getting off your meds because that was a decision that my parents would have made for me and I remember thinking oh my god I'm dying like because I had these like brain you, zaps you brain, brain zaps yeah I literally thought I had like a brain tumor and I went to the doctor the nurse and I uh, at my school and I told her like what was happening and she's like did you stop taking your meds without telling anybody and I was like <laughs> 100 percent got me girl you just, got me yeah, and I wouldn't have gotten away with it if it wasn't for this it, feeling of doom yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, taper off. <laughs> that's, that's what I say. Yeah, I would say, and I think, thank you for sharing about, I didn't even know some of that stuff. I think it really is interesting to hear about, because my parents were just the opposite, where it was like, I had a, also a litany of diagnoses, or pre-diagnoses as a child, and they were like, well, we don't really believe in medicating it, so unless you have any, like, non, you know, which is in the Midwest, there was no, like, holistic doctors around to like be like well here's some alternatives to these things right it was and, just like and part of me is really grateful for it but then the other part of me is like it, it's created it, I have such a self stigma such a bootstrap mentality about mental health and I even though it's like I know it, I, I hear myself giving advice sometimes I'm like I would never take that advice it's so weird that I can give and know that something is the right thing but for myself it's like because of the way I grew up and it was like don't talk about your mental health. Don't ask for help. Don't definitely not. I can't even therapy. Yeah. You giant. What are you? Yeah. You woman. <laughs> <laughs> like it's what and like I had like had a particularly traumatic childhood that was uh, open. Like I feel like a lot often like child trauma is like, you know, weird like incest or just like ab- like behind closed door stuff. But, like mm-hmm. we had a house fire and like my dad had cancer and my mom like broke her arms and legs all like within the same time frame and no one was like therapy like that seems so weird like looking back i'd be like oh this seems like a great time to just start you in therapy anyway just because you know i feel like often midwesterners need an excuse to get into doing anything for their mental health right. <laughs> so i was like seemed like a good opportunity a missed opportunity one thing i will credit my my grandma for is she like always said to her kids Every single person on the planet should have a therapist. That, yeah. If they, you know, if you can afford it, like get, get it. So, like yeah. therapy was very normalized for me. But interestingly enough, like I saw therapists like all throughout my childhood, and then you know I went like this period of time where I was like 
I got off my meds. I stopped seeing a therapist. I was basically just like raw dogging like <laughs> out there. We do like shit. to bear back. Yeah, yeah we do like. <laughs> thank God for prep, right? Um, but if only there was prep for mental health. <laughs> <laughs> there is. Yes. Xanax. Yeah. It's really, really hard to stop. Um, so um, don't do that. Uh, but no, I had. It took me getting off meds, being really, truly fucking out there with no, like, real structured systems for me to, like, recognize how good, cool of a tool it was for me to be on meds and for me to go to see a yeah. therapist, you know? Um, like, I had to, like... Because for so long, I just thought that I was on meds because my parents were on meds, yeah. you know? Because my mom would be like, oh, I'm on Effexor, and it's really helping me. I'd get on Effexor, <laughs> you know? Not your trend-setting mom with... <laughs> yeah, and I was, like, reading Mom Magazine. Like, Mom was really loving... This lorazepam. <laughs> Two weeks later, I have my own little. I just wonder what Wendy would have. But my mom, because my mother was just so adverse to it, mm-hmm. like which is again even her, knowing her struggle and like she was an alcoholic who was raw dogging life as well, like mm-hmm. no program. It's like it's a pity and a shame, like the stigma that went around mental health, and it's not just Midwesterners. I think like as a country, we in the last five years through the pandemic, we've been like, oh, yeah, everyone deals with <laughs> the shittiness of life, and um, doing it on your own is a recipe for gener- creating generational trauma. Yeah. You know, I think we're we're probably, like, the first generation to kind of, like, turn around to our parents and be like, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> I mean, maybe, like, okay, maybe not the first, but, like, maybe the first no, to do it in, like, think... a connected-by-the-internet kind of way where, where we're all, like, yeah. well, you're not, fucked up, not too? Not just, like, what the fuck parents, but posted on Instagram. Yeah. I love, like, you'll see, like, self-help gurus who just wrote a book, and it's, like, a bestseller, and, like, you'll be like, my mom is a cunt. (laughs) (laughs) And that is, first of all, where all my problems come from. And then her mom will be like, I love you so much. In the comments, it's just like... Well, okay, because honestly, if we want to talk about mothers... Let's talk about mothers! Yeah, no. Um, Okay, okay, and for background for the the listener, (laughs) the the proverbial... No, no, that too, that, but like more... it's more like a. I just know your mom really well, and mm-hmm. I think so. Pre- so I pre- so that's why I preface saying it before I say anything that sounds judgmental because you're just your mom has like been very open about the fact yeah. that like she sees that difference. Like she's turning around with us and being like, "Oh, it wasn't exactly perfect the way that I would have," you know, because it, it's just like limited tools, right? You know, and so I think it's it's cool to even be able to understand that like. It, it is something that is within our control mm-hmm. to like deal with to literally talk about how we want to deal and control it right which is uh, I think um, like it, it makes again it's like the questions of like now are we medicating too much people like worry about like other things like I feel like it's like a, it's a I don't want to say saturation of it of solutions I don't know I feel like I went on a rant tangent different there. solutions for different times right yeah yeah <laughs> No, it's okay. I, better solutions. I, yeah, better solutions. I mean, we're all just figuring it out. Um, my mom is doing better than her mom. Uh, True. Her, her mom is doing better than her mom. You know, my grandma, my grandma's mom. <laughs> How's your great grandma doing though? She drank herself to death when she was like in her thirties. Oh my gosh. So she wasn't doing great. Yeah. You know? Damn. But yeah, no. And so like my great grandma, my great grandma was an alcoholic too, who was alive when I was still born. Like. Damn. Girls, I am high. So you can't notice. <laughs> I, I'm circling I back at a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, my great grandma was, my great grandma was, that's, I remember when I got my first underage drinking ticket, mm-hmm. as I have many, 
because um, also I've been doing, I just feel like, it's so wild to me, like, just looking back at me, like, we weren't talking about mental health. I was so mentally unwell. I was, like, the most mentally unwell teenager that, like, I just feel like there's so many signs. Like, I'm, I'm getting my first minor, and my grand- my mom was like, your great-grandmother would be pissed, because she was so vocally... Anti-drinking. Anti-drinking, because her grandmother, her mother, excuse me, as, as well as herself, had dealt with, like, why, like, just sort of, like, that, like, textbook, like, pre-prohibition, like drinking yourself to death in your 30s. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, again, so I guess looking at it that way is also another, again, I hope it just, I think the reason I said it's just like, I want people to like feel like they can take that burden like off of like having stigma or maybe not doing things 100% the correct way the first time. I think it's almost, I mean, really cool if you do things right the first time. But like, mm-hmm. generally speaking, that's what so many people, they'll go see a therapist and they won't like their therapist and then they'll be like, therapy isn't worth it. Yes. And okay, like, yes. No, it's yeah. like dating. Like, you, you Yes. Fuck, you, you yes. Keep going. Yeah. You, you, should, you shouldn't fuck them right away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't fuck your therapist. Don't fuck your therapist. Uh, I wish you can, <laughs> we're, we're not waking. We're not waking. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, or meds, like, honestly, there's going to be meds that, like, that's the whole reason why your doctor has, starts you on a low dose, and you're supposed yeah. to call them, but, like, then people will be like, oh, this med. It's work. Like, Mental it's health. Work. It's hard. And that's the thing that sucks, is, like, it's, it's, that, it's, like, it's not your fault that you feel this way, but ultimately, nobody can fix you for you. True. And so... You do have to take a little bit of... You know, like... It's I, not even accountability, it's, like, a, it's, like, a self, like, survival reckoning. Yeah. Like, it's, like, you can either lay down and let this life, like, pile on you... Mm-hmm. And have your own inner struggles, or you can sort of try to do your best with what the situation provides. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we are going to take a little mini break to do yay or nay. It's a new oh. game we're doing on the show. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah right? Game. Well, it's literally, you're just going to say the game within a game. I'm silky. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I am silky. Yeah, I wish. Um, we're going to say basically going to say, you're going to say yay or nay to something. Okay. Okay, so the first one, and they're, like, words and, ter- and like, terms that have to do with mental health. Okay. I did write this list about 15 seconds before we started, so it's a little um, crazy. Okay. <laughs> Which I guess, you're not supposed, not supposed to say that, crazy. Not, not, this, not me saying crazy on a podcast about mental health. <laughs> no, the rattlesnake, the rattlesnake from... from That's, like, okay. Yeah, like the... You said something. Yeah, yeah, on RuPaul. Okay, so yay or nay, therapy. Yay. Well, I okay. I yeah. You're like I'm not for get, me. First, get back on. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I literally also I stopped going to therapy during the summer. Um, I am also a yay. Obviously, I think sometimes like nay is like okay. No, I think, okay, my point, I was gonna say it's okay that, like, it's just, like, dieting or exercising, it's better to have, like, a lifelong approach to look at it, so it's, like, okay, I didn't just, I just didn't go to therapy this summer, but I'm just, like, I'm still in therapy, I'm going to therapy on an ongoing basis, I'm not, I don't want to, like, I don't want to create that distance between myself and it, because then otherwise, all, all of a sudden, it's, like, oh, I have to climb up this mountain again to get back into right. therapy, or it's just, like, you just go. I literally just called. Thank God everything takes a fucking thousand years in Oregon. Which, right. Again, free healthcare, I'm not gonna. I love it. Yeah. Honestly, huge shout out to OHP. Love OHP. Um, but, yeah, I was like, okay, it's gonna take three weeks. I was like, I have three weeks to, like, be like, sorry I didn't call you. <laughs> I know. I feel so guilty, too. Yeah. Because it's like we have such a good relationship with our therapists. I, I feel like we're, I love. My therapist is so sweet. I love a therapist. I love my, I love making a therapist love me. If that makes sense. I'm like, 
Are you supposed to do that? <laughs> I'm performative. I'm performative as hell, but so I have to find a therapist. And the reason I like my last one is because she's just like, she allows me to be the delusional bitch I am, yeah. while also just like going right around it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like she's like, I love what you're wearing. Keep it up, but yeah. also, like, you, you know, yeah. looking at me very slowly <laughs> from the side. Oh okay, yeah, the next one is gaslighting. No, nay. <laughs> I mean. Only for fun. <laughs> You're like, wait, what kind of gas? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, is it locally sourced gas? It's <laughs> just Exxon gas. Yeah. Um, uh, I say, okay, this. Okay, I'm about to become. Okay, I'm nay to nay to gaslighting, but honestly, sometimes I have to gaslight my friends like into believing like. They're great. Do you know what I mean? Like, because sometimes people have... <laughs> and they really aren't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, because not, not that at all. More like, more like just like when they're... It's like fun to be like, no. Like, yeah. like I love... And I'm not the best at... Honestly, I have friends who are great, but I love people who are like, fuck your ex-boyfriend. Do you know what I mean? Like, exactly. people who are like, oh, yeah. absolutely not. You yeah. are... Like, yeah. Emma. Like, our friend Emma is like, literally like... I just feel like she's like, you tell her about... She's like, no, not that. Yeah. Do you know what I'm oh, talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emma so, Shisky. So like gaslighting you into thinking that your own delusional things are right and like in, in the in the but, se- but in the grand scheme of in a controlled wrong. way yeah. like not like dump his ass yeah, yeah. like dump yes yeah, dump like, him dump mentality him. yeah I so because i feel like ga- like god ga- because like okay actually that's called you want to bring it up right? <laughs> gaslighting oh my god write that down um, <laughs> it is gaslighting okay because the reason like okay let's get into it you don't like the balloon guy Who's okay. my close personal friend? Wow. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I hope he doesn't. Okay, here's what I'll say. Yeah. <clears throat> one, he has had several conversations with my ex-boyfriend. That's <laughs> that's number one. Just kidding. It, but it is a little hard for me because all of his quotes are about like a lot of them are about relationships. I think they're they, gaslighting. They're very oversimplified. But they all. But I think they. I reason I, I only brought it yes, up. Yes, exactly. It's, it's like similar. It's similar. Somebody, it's sort of blind support. I just saw one. And it was literally, it said, if some, if somebody leaving your life brings you peace, then you didn't lose them. And I'm like, well, what the fuck does that, no, (laughs) that's not true for people who love drug addicts and have to say goodbye because literally they need it for their peace of mind. They lost somebody. Yeah. But I'm like, I get the, the The mentality is like, is like, you should feel, if you feel good by, cause you, because you got rid of somebody, then you shouldn't even miss them. Like good. Go forth in life. Yeah. I get it. Don't be hung up. I'm sorry. I just think I'm a little more nuanced than those quotes. Like, And I was thinking, and the thing is, and we've, we've talked yeah. about person, and they would say it he too. He super sweet. They're very they're self-aware. Singers. They're yeah. very self-aware. They're much more nuanced themselves. In well, fact, it started as a joke. It's a, well, it's, I think, honestly, like, they, they, I think they remind me of myself in some ways. They're like, they're like, what can I do next that will still, like, get, like, the, the attention and still be, like, on that, like, oversimplified way, but it, it gets campier and campier. I honestly, like, live for, like, the way that they go about doing that simplified Instagram bullshit. Mm-hmm. Because, and the reason I said it's that gaslighting, sometimes there are days where it depends on the situation, and it's, like, not just that. It can be any sort of circumstance where a friend or a little Instagram, whatever, is being, like, fuck, you know, life is hard, but... Blah, 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 blah. So anyway, I'm saying gaslighting is a controlled substance. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the next one is yay or nay. Blair St. Clair on the runway talking about her sexual assault. <laughs> you cannot make me 
made me answer that question. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. I, of course, thought it was super brave. Wait, so it's, it's a yay for you. It's a yay, yeah. But not, it's nay that she was sexual. Okay, sexual. I'm from the Midwest, as you may know. <laughs> Do you tell us both being from the Midwest? Both being from the same place, yeah. And I'm raised, and I was raised in a way where, like, talking about your feelings openly like that, or being molested mm-hmm. openly like that on TV is feel felt really uncomfortable for me to watch. But then I'm like, oh, well, hmm, I was molested too. Probably that's why I feel uncomfortable. Well, it's, and it's like fresh in my mind because I literally just watched it. And the, yeah. only, and the reason I put on this list is because it was such a vulnerable display of mental... Um, I, I, it's like, it was really raw. I felt mm-hmm. like it was, it, I also to identify with the fact that like, I like to feel polished because I'm a mess. You know what I mean? Right. It's not real. It's a facade. And speaking on that in relation to sexual assault, yeah, living. And RuPaul <laughs> was like, no, I just want to think that's so wild with the show. She, went home. she literally went home that same episode. It's like, sometimes I was like, I literally feel like they RuPaul. Were waiting, they were waiting for her to and, say, they were like, we, we can't get her out of the show without getting a little bit of trauma out of her. There's, well, it's just like, I just think that the show is so weird about mental health. Again, it's like, she, wa- she wants vulnerability, blah, blah, blah. Vul- the, someone's like, so raw and vulnerable about like, this serious They're mental health issue. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. <laughs> But that's what I was like, well, that's because I... And then the next one, okay, so yay or nay. So I think, yeah, we're both yay to Blair St. Clair on the run. I'm So I guess I'm yay to Blair St. Clair sharing it. I'm nay to the response on the runway. <laughs> like, I don't... Re- I'll have to rewatch the episode. Yeah, RuPaul just is like... She's just, you know, she's RuPaul. She, she's kind of probably got that she's booster. Like, you opened up about your mental health issues, but your look on the runway was not sickening. <laughs> yeah. Your, your, your mental health is not doing great, and neither is your runway. <laughs> um, okay, so the next one is, yay or nay, the uh, RuPaul's All-Stars trauma extravaganza, where they had... It's a nar. That was the worst. Okay. It was the worst. Yeah. I mean, it was. I was really high on ketamine when I watched it. So we were, but we rewatched it. I think we. Oh, it was. Yeah, we we, we did it together. We yeah. did, but we rewatched it. We rewatched it. It was so uncomfortable. I'm just like, let them do drag, and if they and want to talk sh- about it, they yes, can talk about it naturally. But also, how can you judge people based off of? She did it. However, I will also say that the girls really took it there. I rewatched it. The challenge wasn't actually to talk about your most dramatic shit. It was to do a talk show, and they could have gone a funny route but they all seem to go towards traumatic stuff which is their choice yeah um but but but, but the top but the thing was they each got a topic though by the way so the oh but wasn't it like kind of stuff like family and one was family but one was like status like i felt like they were all serious topics was it specifically hiv status or was it just status the idea of status i mean it, I don't rem- Okay, now we'll, we'll have to rewatch the episode. We'll but I would it. say, like, the point of the show was... Or the point of the challenge was to be vulnerable in a way that was receptive, like, palatable. Which is just such a bizarre thing to, like... It was really bizarre, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it's... Because it is... I did... I was excited by the prospect when I rewatched it. I was like, okay, maybe when I'm not high on ketamine, this could be really interesting. But just, like, in that forced capacity, it did feel very much like... Uh, America's next top um, trauma race. It reminds me. It was. It felt like like a. It reminded. Okay, so like very secret thing. Don't mm-hmm. ever tell anybody. Besides, besides <laughs> no one's listening. Uh, I used to do slam poetry uh, in high school. Okay, we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's and I and I am white. I know you can't see me, but I am. Uh, so it's really embarrassing. Um, 
And it was like that was what it felt like to me. It was like I'd go up, do the slam poetry thing, and everybody's just talking about like the. Are you saying things. you want to see a RuPaul slam poetry challenge? <laughs> I saw enough with Tatiana. I know everyone thought that was really good. I. Cool. Um, I think it was technically transphobic. It was fun. Oh, it was technically well. It's the idea that the trans person tried to trick you into having sex with them. And like I'm, yeah, I, my parts of this. I mean, again, it was camp. I would laugh. Technically transphobic. Technically, only I don't think Tatiana had a child. What year was it? It, <laughs> to, <laughs> it was 2016. Our perspectives have gotten a lot more nuanced, yeah. especially about trans issues. So. I think Tatiana is probably not transphobic. I think so too. We'll reach out to no, she's that. yeah. She's definitely not. Apparently, she's. I mean, she like like she. Christian. <laughs> imagine. Um, I smoked a cigarette with her once. She didn't seem very Christian then. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. no, no. All right. That, so this this thus <laughs> ends yay or nay. <laughs> I mean, we got we got some yays. We got some nays. We did great. Um, ooh, well, there were some ones that we didn't get to, but I'm they kind of relate to this next question, which was how have you dealt with like mental health issues in relation to blank? So like first one would be like in relation to sleeping, like what does your sleeping look like in relation to your mental health? That's actually something that's funny that you bring up because I just was like talking to, well, I just t- tweeted Kyle Ford. And did it Fellow panelist Kyle Ford. Yeah. Uh, no, they were like, not me sleeping 12 hours and I've been sleeping 12 hours every day for the last like three weeks probably and you can't tell if it's us taking care of ourselves or like, is depression? this depression or self-care or covid <laughs> or delta it's like you get a pre- don't dead name delta virus delta virus you get you get a like, there's the it was one. covid there's it's- a new test and it's like one line is like depression two lines is covid <laughs> it's either or okay yeah yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, so I've that been tracks a actually. lot, and I like I think that, that in the long term, right, isn't that good for your health, mental health? Maybe not 12 hours. I think it's, honestly, I just like to think down. of things ever since the 2020, I just think, is this, because cap- capitalism makes you feel bad for resting. So sometimes when I feel bad for resting, I go, stop that. Like, just like, <laughs> rest. You're like, shut up, bourgeois thoughts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me... Arm wait. yourselves with knowledge. Yeah. Arm yourselves with rest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how do you... Dun, 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 drugs relate to your mental health. Oh God! <laughs> um, no. Intervention. Intervention. Technically, I'm a drug addict. Um, no. <laughs> Technically, I am too. I think. Technically, this just became an NA me. I think actually, it's kind of cool. Is about like I okay. I actually think of my depression less. I try to think of it less of a, a, like a character defect or like a condition. Yeah. Uh, as more like just something I'm gonna live with forever, like a like a friend, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, who's like a shadow. Um, but like my depression, like kind of keeps me in check. Like I feel like you know, like because <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> so, so this is your so this is your depression keeping you in check. Okay, <laughs> oh no, I can't, I can't. You're like I'm so sad. I don't even want to do drugs. Oh my that's god, how depressed I am. And that's actually when I went to treatment. That's how I knew I needed to go. Was okay. I was so sad or so depressed. Sad isn't a good word. That I didn't feel Sa- like well, doing drugs. Like doing yeah. drugs was boring, and so I didn't oh, want to do it. Yeah. So I was like, I've been sober for two weeks, and I was like, I feel fucking awful. I was like, okay, wait, I'm so depressed that even the things what isn't that the, one of the def- definitions? The things that used to bri- bring you joy don't bring you joy anymore. Yeah, I mean, something one of the questions on there, like being able to just sort of like, yeah. and it's that's a tough thing to monitor, especially when drugs like are kind of like meant to 
literally be like, you know, it's it's the, it's it's the serotonin, it's yeah. the dopamine, it's the, um, chasing that high is you know it's it's hard at least for me when I think about my mental health. It's sometimes hard for me to differentiate between am I chasing, or dealing with addiction issues. But I've been sober for extended periods of time, and there's still been lots of mental health issues, which is honestly, it was weirdly comforting. I was like, okay, I'm just messed up yeah. a little bit. And like it's, and you're right, there's better words to put it. It's not like messed up. It's not a condition. This is just the way I am. And having Ooh. to, it does keep me in check because especially, it, I worry sometimes about it. I worry about sometimes when I can't seem to balance correctly mm. because it does, but at least I do know that now I'm always like, that's in consideration. I need to think about my mental health or everything yeah. else goes to shite. Right. Yeah. Well, another, should we do another bump of K? Just, okay. We're not doing K. Um, not on screen. <laughs> no. Um, not well, on live air. Well, and I was, another thing, thing that I was thinking about, about depression, um, is that, the people that I know who are depressed, like, that come to mind, like, are all, like, super passionate about something. Like, I think yeah. a lot of them are artists. A lot of them enjoy, like, music in ways that I feel like you only a depressed person can. Like, oh, that's a you know, way I think, I mean, like, literally because you're, like, when you, when you struggle with depression, I feel like if that's your baseline, like, then... Joy is a real... Joy is, joy is hard to come, come by. Come yes, 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 yeah. <laughs> Slams of joy. No, I think that... And it, that was honestly... Uh, and I'm... I'll, de- I'll destigmatize it right now, sister. But, like, it was something that I was worried about, like, getting on medication, which I did last November. I was worried I wouldn't be able to get that... Experience those highs. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I... I do have a really fine appreciation for life. And I do surround myself with people that, like, are, like... You know, bitch, I don't care if there's money in my bank account. I don't care, you know, what they're just happy to be in these moments. Yeah. And, like, a lot. And it's, so it's really tough to be, like, no, like, to that. Right. Like, so, but I was on medication for a minute, and I felt like I experienced life still really fully. It didn't, like, it didn't numb me to the point where I was, like, not feeling the joys that I thought. That, you know, like, that's the worry I think a lot of people have when they they think about medication i and i had a mirrored experience you know when i was on i looking back on it right now i'm like kind of like why did i get off the loft i'm gonna get back on it i'm gonna text connie right right after this <laughs> meeting actually um this is dri- I, i'm driving you to the to the therapist no I, sorry I'm, the rapist yeah <laughs> <laughs> just around the corner i mean yeah uh, if your rapist was your therapist i think some things could get done <laughs> you're like you don't stand by that you're, just, you're gonna edit the shit out of that no I'm just I'm joking uh, <laughs> I've been sexually assaulted <laughs> same yeah well so it's a safe place we can we can joke <laughs> ooh uh, alright um we're gonna go there we're gonna go there I forgot we're gonna go there um <laughs> yes it's not even the worst thing Kyle so said I feel like my rapist would probably be better off as like a roadside assistance kind of guy than a therapist I think that's more his skill set uh, <laughs> I forgot one of my questions was what would you do if your sexual assaulter was also your therapist dot 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 is that actually written no imagine imagine but you are unhinged I don't know I am unhinged yeah. um I do we actually though we were talking about it at our friends talking about the idea of how you heal with people that you have had um, conflict or harm or, or hurt mm-hmm. with and like 
because we are entering, an, I don't want to say like a new age, but there's it's an age of accountability these days. And honestly, you know, this is obviously not, this is mental health related, but people to get good mental health need to heal generally. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter what you, your trauma is, you need to like usually work backwards from it. And usually your trauma involves another human being. Right. So... I don't know if, if exposure therapy. Obviously, <laughs> there's tried, some kinks. We, tr- we tried that. There are some kinks to work out. <laughs> yes, for sure. But I I do wonder what it looks like to have like I don't want to say like a more streamlined process, but like as we talk about mental health more, that means I think a lot of people talk about trauma more. What so like do you you know I I've had opportunities where I'm like okay I can go meet someone who traumatized me or like meet my yeah. birth mother. It just is like a lot more like it's it's like a weird like people like in reference to like 40 years ago you would never you there's no facebook right if someone like did you wrong and like you moved to a different city you'd just be at a bar they, talking about yeah. yeah forever so now it's like what if you could like you just i literally you i can look up my molester on my i can see my molester on facebook like posting oh. we, he's been my suggested friend <laughs> I mean, that's, like, twisted, but, like, it's weird to think, like, okay, there's, like, one degree of separation between me. Like, what, what would I listening. say? <laughs> they know we've been talking about trauma. Shut they up. Shut it. up. <laughs> Zuckerberg, Big you've bro. done it again! Oh, <laughs> Look under your chair. It's healing. No, it's kidding. Faith. <laughs> Eye healing. <laughs> Eye healing. Um, what are s- some... Oh, okay. <laughs> Not the... How does working in nightlife slash drag affect your mental health? Your drag career must be really tough on your mental health. I mean, it's really hard. I, people have not really, <laughs> the, the sweatpants and track jacket look doesn't really... DJ like, drag. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, DJ drag. DJ uh, drag. Yeah. <laughs> DJ drag. My drag career. DJ drag career. Oh. Sorry, I can't stop. I mean, but I always, I always thought that if I was a drag queen, my drag name would be, like, um, some sort of, like, medication name. Like, turned into, like, I love the idea of being a drag queen named, like, Vivance or like so Rita so Rita Lynn did it for you, huh? Rita Lynn shout out. Oh Rita Lynn. Oh <laughs> wait, who's Rita Lynn? Jody. Huh? Jody. Oh my God, Jody. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> she moved to Austin. Yeah. When when that happens, the Portland of of Texas. No, but they I I do, I never even are, put that together. honestly we should I'm gonna mess with them for sure. Be like your name is destigmatizing ADD medication. <laughs> <laughs> No one time. Okay, here. What do you think about this? Tangent, tangent, tangent. One time, there was someone in Portland named Genocide. Oh my God. <laughs> it just makes me think of Thirty Rock. She's like Genocide. I don't hear it. Genocide. What's her, what's her name now? But they, they, they were. They're still Genocide. So that's the thing. Well, okay, because the thing is, and the thing is, like, even, um, even, and then I was like, who cares? I honestly, in some ways, I'm like, you know, was it Jenna I am Space Side or Gen Space Aside. It it was spelled like Jenna. Side. Okay. Like I would have think I thought it'd be I'd like Jen aside. <laughs> like Jen, can I have an aside with you? Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> I don't know how we're gonna attend it, but anyway, I'm like all impressed <laughs> about the spelling. <laughs> You're right. burgeoning. Okay, but okay. So you don't have a drag career. Sorry, no. we're not gonna finish that tangent. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I think that one is. Bye. Um, better for it. Maybe yeah. we'll come back to it a different day. But anyway, but working in nightlife, how does it affect your mental health? been just such there's okay what is there's like a latin um it's a latin phrase 
fuck. Chic c'est la vie. No, like, I don't remember the Latin, but basically it's like what nourishes me or what nourishes me destroys me. Oh my god. And this that's girl, dark. That's dark. That's beautiful. Yeah, I, this girl that I went to high school with, I think her name was Alice. She had that tattooed on her, which I was like, was like, we're seventeen. How do you have a tattoo? Um, <laughs> but I feel like very much like that speaks to my experience with nightlife and how and my mental health because. I, I actually, for a loud bitch, have really bad social anxiety. And so it's easy for me to promote an event online or, you know, write an event description. It's hard for me to, like, be in... It's hard for me to navigate, like, a social scene in the way that I'm required to, to be, you know, successful promoter or producer of events. And um, so I will just be having total fucking anxiety, like pretty much the entire day of an event and pretty much until the molly hits um, <laughs> and then you look out into the crowd and you have a great time and you see all your friends having a good time and it's all worth it but i mean it's taxing i think um oh, what about, what, i was like i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> you're like, I, I've had a great i have i have my <laughs> mental health never took a toll because of my uh role in my life um yes i yeah big yes <laughs> big yay um <laughs> To having nightlife, uh, a, actually, in my case, nightlife is affected by my mental health because I would sometimes it would, it was not only it it literally does. It, I have a similar experience where like being out in public is really an anxiety inducing experience, which I used to numb with alcohol. Like I used to just be like mm. blitzed, like just fucking fucked up. Right. But now I don't have that, and I don't really even with drugs. Like I never really. A, it takes a lot more drugs to get you like that. Do you know what I mean? Right. And it often, it really wasn't... So I grew out of that, but I still had all these anxieties. So nightlife was a way for me to create spaces that were so safe for me. Right. <laughs> like, totally. I could go to safe, quiet places. I could leave conversations. I could, you know, n- people who didn't like me wouldn't go there because they knew I was there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it really, like, it created, like, a bubble for myself. And then when COVID hit... Also, it, you know, COVID was a perfectly timed break for me in many ways. I didn't know I needed it or wanted it. Like, obviously, I was devastated with the rest of us. But, like, looking back, I'm like, thank God. Because I was heading for a direction where it was like, I was, it was no longer, it was destroying me more than it was nourishing me. Right. But I needed the nourishment because, A, literally money. And then, B, like, it was, like, too much to go underground. There was no, like, I was like, I couldn't think of a way out. There was no way out for me. I had, like... If you go, if you like take a break in nightlife in a way that's not, that's very pronounced. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's the ultimate test to yeah. like your, I guess your position in the scene is like, can I take a break and will I yeah. come back and will people still, still give want, a shit and want to yeah. come out to my parties? And COVID has been the homie in that yeah. aspect. Like I needed a break too. Um, yeah. But I'm I'm sick of it now. <laughs> Officially, yeah. Nay to COVID, yeah. Uh, okay, yes. <laughs> Nay to COVID. Um, but yeah, please do get vaccinated. Um, and wear your mask. We are gonna like sidebar if you're someone who's listening who lives in Portland, Oregon. We still are gonna be having events. We've both at least thought like, and honestly, in relation to mental health, we can't keep doing things the same way that we did them the first time, and so it's gonna be like learning how to still exist and have social things, but stay safe. So it's all vaccinated events and you have to wear your mask. Yep. Yeah. 
So not, I'm mad, but I'm not so mad that I'm just glad that we can still hang out. Because it was, I did not realize it until like May of this past year. Of May, like when we went to Palm Springs, that's when I was like, oh, actually, I need to see some people outside of the 10 people that I hang so out with. It's so crazy that that was when the CDC said you can socialize without men. They knew we were going to Palm Springs. They knew it. <laughs> I was already in Hawaii. And they were like, <laughs> <laughs> they were like let's just. Oh, God. It. Okay. Um, but that's crazy. It's like, wow, that was a short lived little <laughs> three yeah. maskless months. The summer of love. The summer, summer yeah. The summer, I it mean. It truly was a whore this year, this year so. Truly. Yeah. Truly. I could witness. Thank God. Thank God. Hunty. We got it. We, I did it. This horse sewed his wild <laughs> horse. I have children. <laughs> Several children. Oh my God. Yeah. How, yeah. How do your children relate to your mental health? <laughs> like, well. Can you, can you abort mental health? <laughs> Stop. <That's... laughs> Gotta get 52 minutes in. Now you're giving me the fingers. Wrap it up. Okay, I think on a final note. Okay. Final note. Yeah, our final words on mental health. What would you say are some pieces of advice that either you have been given professionally, just person to person, sister to sister? What are some things you would say about mental health? Um, I would say if you are doing something and it makes you feel good and somebody says, don't do that, you should eat better instead. You know what I mean? If you're on medication and it's working, don't let some stupid fucking hippie tell you that it's not the right thing to do. Yeah. Ever. That's like one thing that I've had to really learn is because I have so many friends who are like, oh, medicine is bullshit. Nature is medicine. (laughs) Fuck off. I'm going to take my Zoloft so that I can maybe get out of bed and go on a fucking hike. Yeah, maybe. Suck my dick. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I, yeah, that's my final words. <laughs> you do you. Talk I to your doctor about Zoloft, seriously. You have a prescription for you do you. <laughs> I, I yeah. take about 30 milligrams of me doing me every morning. If fucking chilling with crystals and going, like, and doing your fucking... No, I, I, I think, and I thank you for the work you did even with me personally, because I think that... That conversation was so deeply embedded. It was I. It was so deeply embedded in me that that conversation was had to be ongoing. Like it was gonna take me years to ever get comfortable with medication because it was so. I, I can't. I just. I think. And if you're anyone, honestly, and I think it, again, this is nationwide, not but especially anywhere there's a small town where people did not go see therapists. People who should really go see therapists did not. You prayed. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. Go see it. So, yeah. So, thank you for doing the work with me and continuing. And I would love to extend that message of being like, try, yeah, do consider the medication to be just one of many things you can do. And it's just, if it's just as valid as any of those other things that people want to say are. (laughs) They're there. And, you know, I'm not yucking their yum. Go to nature. But. Yeah. Maybe take some Zoloft. Take some Zoloft. Stay <laughs> a while. We're your mom. We're your mom. Have a Zoloft. Have a oh. Treat yourself. But de- definitely, no matter what, even if it's not medication, treat yourself to something mental health. Yeah. Yeah. And not a picture of you posting about mental health, honestly. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Sometimes post about. I mean, if it, no, but like not just like a post. It's just like mental health. It's, it's just like a picture of you looking hot. Yeah. Just, yeah, like with a glass of wine or something like. That. <laughs> 
Not me gatekeeping. Yeah. We're not. It, it starts with it, it, that. Yeah. It begins with you gatekeeping mental health, and then I'm also gatekeeping Listen, mental health. Drink a Pinot Noir, a bottle of Pinot Noir, the moment you walk in the door before you even let the kids out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> not <laughs> self care to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's, uh, yeah. final that's the final word. <laughs> Leave the kids in the car. <laughs> but crack a window. Oh, All right, God. babies. This oh. is Heard and Heard. We love you so much. Mwah. Mwah.